Welcome to the Headache 360 Podcast, a place to listen and learn about the diagnosis and treatment of chronic headache and migraine pain, because information can be the best medicine. Hello, and welcome to the Headache 360 Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Adam Lowenstein. And today I think we're going to do something a little different than we've done in the past. I usually spend time interviewing other people to learn about uh, the care and relief of migraines and chronic headaches and whatnot. Uh, today, I thought it might be important for you all to understand who I am and why I have an interest in, um, in migraine care. I actually have migraines, but I'm also a migraine surgeon. And I was recently, um, actually not so recently now, it was a couple years ago, I was on another podcast, a podcast by uh, the name of Beauty and the Surgeon. And this podcast is done by Dr. Jason Martin in Denver. He is an outstanding plastic surgeon. His podcast is actually not just about aesthetics, but in fact, it's about kind of health and wellness, which is why I was on uh, the podcast discussing, <clears throat> excuse me, migraine surgery. And I got to speak with uh, both uh, Dr. Martin, who interviewed me, as well as Amy Killian, who's a certified nutritional therapist, who actually I had on my podcast recently, uh, I believe on the episode before you're going to hear this one. So I would strongly suggest that uh, you tune into uh, Dr. Martin's podcast, which again is Beauty and the Surgeon. You'll learn a lot of stuff about a lot of things, just health-wise and kind of being your best being your best health. He tries to he tries to concentrate on transformation and uh, making you the best you can be. And uh, again, it, it's it's really it's not only an aesthetic kind of thing; it's uh, healing from the inside out. So, I really strongly suggest you check that out. And I also strongly suggest that you check out our recent uh, interview with Amy Killian. She talks a lot about the various different ways to both avoid having headaches as well as uh, nutritional ways that you can help. Uh, therapeutically with with your headaches. Uh, she was a wealth of information and, and a really uh, a pleasure to, to interview. So here, what I'm going to do is just give you a uh, the first 20 minutes as an I was like an hour and a half, I think that we did the podcast when we did it. Um, but uh, the first 20 minutes kind of gives you some insight into my history uh, and my interests. And uh, hopefully it'll give you some insight to why I'm doing what I'm doing and, um, and where I'm coming from when I'm asking questions to these other uh, headache professionals. And uh, again, um, thanks to uh, Dr. Martin for, for letting me include this in our podcast here from his podcast, uh, Beauty and the Surgeon. So uh, here's a listen and um, I hope you enjoy it. Welcome back to Beauty and the Surgeons. Dr. Martin here, Dr. Jason Martin, a board-certified plastic surgeon with Amy, who is a nutritional therapy counselor, certified nutritional therapy counselor, and we have a really, really good guest today, in-house. Very intriguing, good guest. 
Dr. Adam Lowenstein, he's also a board-certified plastic surgeon, which I don't know how much that gets you, but these days I'm proud of that. You're proud of that, too. I'm proud of it. Yeah. He has a practice like mine. He's actually from Santa Barbara, and he is now uh, expanding his practice into a really, really interesting new, at, uh, new component or a new facet of plastic surgery, which is headache surgery. He's the owner and creator of HeadacheSurgery.com and uh, migraine um, surgery specialty centers. He's also, you can be followed on Instagram and YouTube and other things like that is migraine surgeon. So welcome, man. Thanks Thank for coming in. I'm real happy to be here. All right, so you're a plastic surgeon. That's great. You uh, do basically what I do, which is more cosmetic <coughs> surgery, but you've recently expanded your practice into a different field. Can you kind of go into that real quick? So um, I've had a kind of fascination with migraine surgery ever since they kind of came out with it in uh, 2000. Um, Dr. Bam and Guyron uh, did, some, did some work on it. Um, in uh, his brow patients noticed that his brow patients, a lot of them didn't have, uh, were cured of their migraines. So I've had migraines all my life and uh, I've got stories from my mother when I was seven years old that uh, I had really bad headaches. Yeah, I'm all right. And um, so uh, I've, I've been very interested in this uh, for a while and then really decided to kind of pick up the ball and run with it. And uh, it's, it's been great. It's a, it's a matter of doing microvascular uh, decompression of peripheral nerves. So they're not the nerves, not in the brain, but nerves uh, in the head and neck region and releasing those nerves, which uh, is actually preventing the triggers from uh, causing the migraine cascade that really causes all the pain. So it's, 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 it's fun and it's extraordinarily rewarding. Our patients are just incredibly, incredibly grateful and, and it's really changing lives. So I'm really enjoying it. You know, in research for this podcast, when Amy and I were looking at it, uh, the incidence of migraines in the United States is alarmingly high. And lost wages and just quality of life issues. Like Billions said. of dollars yeah. of yeah. Uh, affects our economy and the, uh, these people uh, suffer immensely. It's, uh, to a person, my patients uh, always uh, tell me afterwards that the, the, the fact that they can re-engage, um, you know, it, it's, if you don't, first of all, if you've never had a migraine, um, it, it's really, really hard to understand what that is like. Okay, what so, is the difference between like a, just a headache and a migraine? So uh, migraines, uh, number one, have associated symptoms with them. So like we call them auras. Um, they can have visual changes, and this can range all the way to um, to hemi hemiparesis. Okay, so you patients like lose ability to move. Mm. Um, and feel parts of their body. That's kind of, a, that's kind of like extreme. a stroke. Kind of yeah. like a stroke. And it's actually uh, frequently confused with a stroke uh, initially. And so um, nausea, um, I, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I had a migraine this morning, okay? And so like, I, grew, I woke up this morning and my entire body ached. My head was, was pounding. Um, I, I, my, I was very, very parched. Um, and for me, again, I, I've had various types of migraines all my life, and I'm, uh, I can control my migraines with um, what's called a triptan, which is a type of, type of migraine drug. And so I took some of that this morning, and now I'm back to 
my, myself, for better or for worse. Um, so uh, it, again, if you haven't had this experience where it's just all you want to do is stay in bed, light bothers you, sounds bother you. I mean, I was telling you earlier that I'm staying at a hotel that has very fragrant soap, mm -hmm. okay? Um, uh, smells are a very frequent tr trigger of migraines. So these people walking down the street, they're fine. Somebody walks by with a bunch of perfume, it, it can ruin not only their day, but, but their week. I mean, that can spiral into something where you're incapacitated in a room trying to stay quiet and dark. And I mean, it's, it's, it's really incapacitating. So it's a headache, but it's a headache with a lot more severity, number one. And secondly, there's usually associated symptoms with it that are above and beyond what you would have with a headache. And third, at least with migraines and doing the research for this, it's usually in certain types of locations or the trigger points associated with migraines, which we will get into, um, separated out from a normal headache too. Um, this kind of gets us into your backstory that you and I were talking about, which makes it so interesting. So this podcast is primarily about education, um, empowerment, and transformation. And a lot of things we talk about are plastic surgery, which you and I do on a weekly basis. But we also talk about stories of transformation. We also talk about um, educating yourself and empowering yourself. And you have a really amazing backstory as someone who has struggled with migraines their entire life. And I want to go into that and talk about that. And then you dovetailed that struggle, okay, into your surgical career to help people like yourself to transform, to get better, and to empower them to actually have an answer to this problem. Yeah. Which, by the way, a lot of people can be controlled by medication, um, according to the data, but some people can't. And if you can't control it with medication, you're really at a loss in, in this world the way it is now. Um, and that's what we'll get into. But let's go into your backstory real quick. So, where'd you grow up? Uh, Maryland, outside of DC. Okay. And uh, you were talking about your mom, she's a psychologist. So my mom's a, yeah, my mom is a PhD psychologist, and she, when I was a kid, she was a school psychologist. Um, and we lived in a place called Bowie, Maryland, which is a fantastic place to grow up. Um, and she, but she got her PhD at the University of Maryland. And I'm not sure which part of this backstory you want, but the story that I tell frequently is I saw, I watched her write her thesis, which happened to be on uh, only children of single parents, which is me, right? So basically she wrote her thesis on... Being a single mom. Yeah, her life. <laughs> it was her psychology awesome. right? thesis. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, I joke around that I would come home from school and all the other kids were watching TV and doing those kind of thing. I was taking Rorschach tests. <laughs> I, uh, no pressure. I, what does I, it look I, like today? Yeah, no <laughs> pressure. Well, you know, it's, it's, it, I always kid around that I, I knew the, the, the answer book so I could make you think if I took your Rorschach test I could make you think I was a pathologic killer yeah. or <laughs> a very empathetic you know is, is, is fun. You could anyway, manipulate the test. <laughs> yeah there you go. So um, so when I saw her do her thesis our dining room table is a little smaller than this table and it had piles and piles of books and it looked so hard like I for, for years she had all of these books she's doing his research on 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 the dining room table, and I always thought, you know, I wanted to be a doctor, but I didn't want to go through that. That looked hard. So, <laughs> ah, medical school's got to be easier than that. So that's kind of I wanted to be Dr. Lowenstein, and she was Dr. Lowenstein, and uh, and 
that that but in fact I never uh, I never actually thought about doing anything else except being a doctor so that was uh, that's growing up that was did you know you wanted to be a surgeon or just so I so I'm an only child um, hence the thesis. Uh, hence the thesis. <laughs> hence a lot of things in my work. Like, hence no pressure my, to my practice. Your poor wife. Solo practice. <laughs> that's, that's right. She'll, she'll be happy to watch this and get some empathy there. Um, my surgery center is solely my own. Um, you know, I like what I like. And I, uh, so, yes. Uh, um, and in... Uh, you said you said in high school that you I mean you were very intelligent you finished early and actually, I didn't say I was very intelligent oh okay no. well, I, 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 I got <laughs> it from your story <laughs> okay that you finished a year you early make your in own assumptions yeah. that's fine All right, but, we'll say okay. we'll say that you were kind of smart uh, you finished a year early you had only had one it sounds like one credit <clears> left <throat> and then you actually went to the children's hospital near you yeah. and actually did research in uh, trauma yeah. was it trauma uh, uh, pediatric trauma yeah. right so in answer to your surgeon your previous question I'm an immediacy guy like I don't my um, uh, my email is empty right I, I don't have any pending stuff right <laughs> and so I'm not really good at like taking care of blood pressure giving you a medication you come back in a couple of weeks and we'll see if it worked I want to fix things at, at the time so that's that's kind of how it I, I, I had an affinity for surgery um, but when I was in high school, we, um, I had an opportunity to I'd get some extra credit outside of school just because I had to do something the rest of the day um, aside from take my English class, which was the only thing I had to do in my senior year. And so um, I found this, this internship with a guy named Marty Eichelberger, and he was the trauma surgeon at, at Children's in, uh, in D.C. And... So I started working with him, and uh, we got some papers published with my name on them before I left high school, and uh, I got to go into the OR with him, and I was just fascinated with, with all, all of that stuff. And so It probably hurt you with medical school that you got a paper published in high school. Yeah, right. Was, uh, and there's not many applicants that are getting paper, papers published when they're in high school. I, yeah, I guess it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt at all. Yeah. <laughs> so you, I mean, you were motivated from the beginning. Your mom was a great, um, uh, a great motivator for you also to see influence. What she, yes, influence. Yeah. Influence. I mean, to what she had done in her life as a single mom and risen above. And as aside from the fact that she raised me alone. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, but then you. she became very successful in her own right as a psychologist is, yeah. in the D.C. area. Then you went to college and. We'll skip over the undergrad years because we all have stories from that that usually aren't related to medical school or surgery. Um, from undergrad, <laughs> from undergrad, uh, you went to medical school. Where'd you go to medical school? Uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. So Tar Heel. Dean Smith was the coach then. Is that correct? Dean Smith was the coach then. Okay. And as you all know, tonight is the biggest sporting event of the year in in the country right? which is duke carolina right duke which i would argue is not the biggest sporting event <laughs> secondly this is a podcast that comes out at a certain time okay well i'm just so saying we're not so, trying to date it yeah all right whenever this podcast comes out we did it right then uh, it's okay. live fair enough okay all right sorry so you, you went to uh, unc uh, went to medical school and you know when we were talking it's just so you have such an intriguing story 
you basically um, stated, and if you could go into this, that you started having headaches around eight years old. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I, I in in you know, ten percent of school age children have migraines, and I was one of those lucky people. Um, and I don't really remember so much, uh, except I, I I do remember that um, back in the day there was Anison, right? Which I don't know if that exists anymore or not, but I used to take a world of anison, which is aspirin, to the point that I became allergic to it, hmm. right? So I'm like allergic to it as in you're in the emergency room with EpiPens and um, your throat closing off. So um, I used to take a lot of aspirin as a, as a kid. And then, and, but it, it doesn't, the issue with migraines, a lot of times these over-the-counter remedies, they don't work. And so, you know, we'll get to this in a little while, but I had, I had a migraine. For me, one of the tri- triggers is stress, right? And so you, um, we, in, in, we both went through general surgery residency, which is stressful. So, I would uh, say that on a level of 1 to 10, it's probably about a 35 there you go, of right? stress. So um, I went through my general surgery residency with about an 8 out of 10 uh, headache. Right. So I, I want to make this real clear. So you went through medical school and general surgery, which medical school is very difficult, very stressful. We all had stress during that time. It's it's uh, it's pretty extreme in terms of what they require you to do. And then general surgery doubles down on that. And then it's um, in some ways malignant, and it's the word we use, which means they don't treat you very nice. Uh, <laughs> it's like the army. And during that whole time, yeah, you were struggling with migraines. Right. And it, to the point that nothing I could take. I couldn't take aspirin anymore because I was allergic, but Tylenol, Advil, nothing helps, right? So it's, it, it, there's, that's one of the issues with migraine. You, know, you have mm-hmm. to take certain medications which may or may not help. And, um, but over-the-counter stuff tends not to. So. Which kind of makes sense. I mean, over-the-counter anti-inflammatories like that is, they're working with your prostaglandins receptors that if that's if it's not an issue of inflammation that's triggering a migraine then it would make sense why that wouldn't really be effective treatment and you know there's there's lots of different kinds of migraines and there's lots of different it's really an evolving field Um, and it's not an evolving field in plastic surgery it's an evolving field in neurology and thank goodness for the neurologists because they are you know they've got there's new drugs coming out um, even this year uh, that previously haven't been been available but um, the reasoning for migraines has been thought variably that the, the blood vessels in your brain swell mm-hmm. and dilate and this causes issues. So some people will take medications to cause those blood vessels to, to get smaller. Obviously those kind of things are not over-the-counter medications, right? Um, and so you know, there's cascades of, of um, neuropeptides that you know, are, are now these new medications are monoclonal, monoclonal antibodies against uh, some of those things. Um, but point is, it very, very um, kind of esoteric, specific medications that need to be used for these patients. And a lot of these medications work really, really well for a lot of people, but there's a subset of people who they don't work well for. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, for, for you going through this, when did you... So, I mean, you, you lasted through all your training and, and uh, remarkably did very well. 
Well, I'm, I'm not sure how well I last. Yeah, well. I, I, I tell you that my, I call myself a, um, a, a nice guy in recovery. Right? <laughs> like I was a very, very sweet kid. And then I went to my residency. Yeah. And... So that's, I mean, that's pretty much a commonality for most people to go through yeah. it. But, but for you to have to deal with the added component of physical pain, um, it was very. I, you would have to be an extremely strong person to be able to get through that kind of training process. And as you said, you're a person, a doer. Like you don't like to have the open emails in your yeah. in your inbox and stuff. And thank God you were that way because to be able to have the strength, inner strength, to rise above that and get through it, put one foot in front of the other, kind of a, a common theme we have in our podcast. And you did it. So then you somehow you made it through, became a plastic surgeon, um, did what plastic surgeons do. And we all go through training and we get out. And some people join practices. Some people join hospital systems. What did you do when you got done? So when I was done my residency with uh, my plastics residency, I actually came out to Denver and joined Kaiser Permanente, um, which I, I think is arguably the best job you can have right out of residency because I was doing like complex cleft lips and palates. Um, I helped separate conjoined twins in my third year of practice. I mean, you don't get those kind of opportunities just out in, in, in your own practice. So I was there for seven years doing microsurgery and a lot of breast reconstruction and craniofacial stuff, and it, it, was, it was great. Right, and the microsurgery, just for people to understand, is surgeries with a microscope, um, and that's really dovetails into the headache surgery that we're going to be talking about here soon. So you, you were there, and then somehow you ended up out in California uh, in <coughs> Santa Barbara, which we, we, we have a practice in Aspen, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you have a practice in Aspen, but... I think Santa Barbara made Trump Aspen. Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, it's not even a <laughs> It's not a lousy yeah. place. Yeah. It's not a bad not place a to be. You wake, I mean, up, you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, life is so wonderful. Like you there's know? the ocean. There's birds coming yeah. by. People are smiling mm -hmm. and jogging. Sun is shining. Yeah. And everyone that lives in the East Coast is just miserable, and they just hate you for the fact that you have a practice in Santa Barbara. But you've made a name for yourself, a very talented surgeon. I know that. I came in contact with you through the uh, American Society of Plastic Surgeons. You were on the board. You were head of the Young Plastic Surgeons Organization, which is part of ASPS. Um, you were part of the mentor board, I think, at one point uh, in terms of the implants. A very successful surgeon, uh, cosmetic surgeon uh, oriented primarily. And yeah, everything's going well. And then all of a sudden, I'm talking to you on the phone and you're, you start talking about headache surgery. And here's a, a person that has it all inherently with where they're located with the practice and everything and you and you're talking about headache surgery and in some ways I was like what's Dr. Lowenstein talking about here it's a little bit crazy um, but well, that, that's that's justifiable yeah that's right? justifiable yeah but I do think it's important to note that your interest in headache surgery really kind of goes back to all your experiences throughout training and also your personal experiences you were micro trained a very successful surgeon very talented and you, you saw an uh, opportunity to help people like yourself then also use your surgical talents that you inherently have from your training and your, and your private practice. So um, I'm not sure this is uh, probably not what you're getting at, but I will say this about what we do. Plastic surgery is a very, very diverse field. Like, and not a lot of people know that, for example, the first transplants were done by, by plastic surgeons. So the pioneering spirit of people in our field um, is great and so I've had a really great opportunity um, in my career 
to kind of reinvent myself several times. Like I did reconstruction here in, in Denver for, for many years and it was fantastic. And then I thought, okay, well, what's the next challenge that we can, we can look at? And so uh, when I left Kaiser, um, and again, it was fantastic practice, but I'm an only child. And at the end of the day, after a period of time, I'm kind of better off making my own decisions and, and um, on my own than in a big company, which is why I decided to, to leave Kaiser. And I ended up in Santa Barbara, not even knowing where Santa Barbara was or what it was like initially, um, but I got lucky and I ended up there. And I got to train there with one of the top aesthetic surgeons. And as you know, a lot of fellowships for um, aesthetic surgery are, what, three months to maybe a year. I got to work with this guy for three years all the time and basically did a three-year aesthetic fellowship. Um, and then he retired and I took over his practice. So then for the last 10 years, I've been doing aesthetic surgery. It's great, love it, it's a lot of fun. Um, but kind of thinking, okay, well, what's the next challenge that I can look at? And so this headache surgery just is, it seems to be a great opportunity. It, it fits with my world because again, I've, I've had these issues. I can identify with patients. Um, and I think a lot of patients really appreciate that because again, if you haven't had this, you don't know what it's like. And so, um, it, it's really, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just very, very lucky to be doing, you know, what I'm getting to do in the field that we're both But in. we don't, in this podcast, we don't believe in luck. I mean, you have huh. circumstances, and then you have an innate ability to understand those opportunities and take advantage of them. And when I say take advantage, I don't mean in a way that's manipulative. I mean that you utilize all your experiences in life. You were fortunately a good surgeon at the right time. You were very well connected and respected, so you came into contact with Dr. Um, Gurion or... Uh, Janice or all these people kind of working in this field and you were able to reach out and implement that in your practice and you, you should be commended for that but more importantly we need people like you in our field we need people to take uh, reach out and grab some of these novice novel surgeries and and to keep expanding to keep on trying to improve the health of people but for, you know from a plastic surgery standpoint but in, in this case from a functionality yeah, standpoint, quality of life. yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is that's that's the biggest issue with what's with what we're doing is quality of life issue. Mm -hmm. And I can absolutely see that. I mean, I've never had a, a migraine, but I can definitely understand the having spoken to people who have that it can take a while to like not be to like be understood. You know that there are so many symptoms that can add to it, and it you know can kind of become they get so deep in their treatment or in their lack of treatment that people stop believing them. They think their symptoms are fake. So going to someone yeah. who's experienced those symptoms and knows that they're not faking it, they're not you know making these up. At the very least, can be compassionate. That's what I mean. Yeah, relate. Can understand that. Yeah, yeah. these symptoms are all real. Like they're not. They're right. in your head, but they're not in your head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people get uh, a social stigmata about mm -hmm. them um, from Missing having work. migraines, yeah. and a lot of people lose their job yeah. because they can't function um, at work, and you know, sick days turn into one after another after another, and you don't have an understanding boss or look at the you can't do your job. Um, and then, yeah, these people uh, really—it's—it's a—it can ruin people's lives. I, I, 
the you know I've had patients tell me that they were considering assisted suicide, right? Um, and we operate on them, and then they're like, I haven't felt this great in years, and it's just you know you hear that from somebody, and you it's, can't. I mean, it, it fills you for the rest of your yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. So, all right. Well, now we're back in. Um, where are we? June. June of uh, 2019. Um, <clears throat> so that was uh, 20 or 25 minutes of our previous, um, of my previous interview by, uh, from D- uh, Dr. Jason Martin. And again, a big, big shout out and a big thank you to, to Dr. Martin and his podcast, Beauty and the Surgeon, as well as to Amy Killian, who uh, we, you heard on, on that clip. Um, and again, I strongly suggest that you check out our previous interview with Amy, uh, learning all about different types of nutritional therapy when it comes to uh, prevention and treatment of uh, migraine uh, and chronic headaches. And uh, I can't uh, recommend um, Dr. Martin's podcast, uh, Beauty and the Surgeon, enough. Uh, strongly suggest you at least uh, go over to that page and look. He's got so many different episodes that uh, one or five or ten of them should appeal to almost anyone. So check that out uh, wherever you you get your uh, your your podcasts and um, subscribe to that. And uh, please subscribe to this. We are going to have a couple of really exciting guests coming up. Um, I'm going to soon be interviewing uh, Dr. Ansari, who is a migraine headache specialist and neurologist from the University of California, San Diego. And additionally, I have another very special guest I'm real excited about. Um, Dr. Jason Prostowski is an emergency room physician. This guy has been all over the world, and uh, he used to text me questions of what to do um, from war zones in Africa uh, about various types of gunshot wounds and machete uh, injuries. He was taking care of these people out in the middle of nowhere um, in war zones, and he has seen and done so much. And additionally, now he has been uh, appointed as uh, one of the... uh, um, I believe a professor at uh, the University of California, um, Santa Barbara. He is going to be a professor of medical ethics. So this guy is, and and he is so engaging. So really, both of these um, upcoming episodes are going to be fantastic, and I strongly suggest that uh, you subscribe to our podcast. And please, I guess there's a bell or a button to push to let you know when we've got a new podcast coming. It's not going to be too long until we uh, hear from from uh, both of these people. And I think that all of our episodes should be uh, really interesting and, and helpful to people with migraines and chronic headaches and occipital neuralgia and such. So thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed today. Hope you enjoy all the podcasts. And uh, we hope to uh, be speaking to you again real soon. Take care.